being in the number that's going to make my conference? Or am I going to be in the number of transgressors? And that number, I don't want to be in that number of transgressors. Just as a, a thought here, beginning this message this morning, in Mark 15 and 28, the scripture says that Jesus was numbered among the transgressors. But was he a transgressor? No, he wasn't. He was only fulfilling what the prophecy had spoken about him. That he was numbered among the transgressors. Why? Because they said that he was false. Said he was a blasphemer. He had accusations and claims made against him that were not so. And therefore, he fulfilled that prophecy that he was numbered among the transgressors because that's what carried him to the cross. Away with him. He said he's the very Son of God. Take him away to be crucified. And he was hung between two thieves in the beginning, but he was so powerful. The power and the spirit of him was so powerful that the two thieves could feel that, but only one cried out, Lord, remember me. Don't leave me behind when you come into your kingdom. Who will be in that number? I plan on being in the number that the Lord has called out to serve him. He's calling men and women Children all over this world, this very day, this very hour that we're standing in his house, in your city, for souls to come to him, for souls to acknowledge that he's their creator, and that he loves them, he made them, he has a plan for their life, and he wants them to acknowledge what is your plan for me, Lord? What is your will for my life? What would thou have me to do? What makes a difference of someone being in that number is whether or not they will believe. You've got to believe. It's a must. Scripture says we must believe that he is. If we come to it, we must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Acts 11th chapter. A few passages of scripture I'd like to start with. And I do ask for the Lord's guidance here on this message and on me as his messenger this morning, that he would have his way through me and through this message and what he would give me to share to you today that it would minister to your need and to your hearts. In Acts 11, chapter beginning at verse 19, the church at Antioch. So now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Denise and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none, 
to the Jews only. This was one last call to the Jews only. If you'll study the scripture, you know, it was one last call to the Jews only. From henceforth, it was going to be to whoever heard and listened. And it is in the respect now that this message right here that was being declared at this particular moment, he was trying to reach the Jews. They were trying to be reached. And said, and some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Paul and Barnabas was on a mission trip trying to share the gospel. And at this particular stop, they were trying to reach these Jews that was listening to them and hearing the message that they were preaching. It was going directly out to each one of them that stood under the sound of their voice. And the hand of the Lord, it says, in verse 21, was with them. I believe the hand of the Lord is with his church today, trying to guide us, trying to direct us in the right direction that we might hear him and follow him and obey his voice. And they said because of what they were declaring, that there was a great number that believed. Oh, what it would be good today is to hear that a great number of souls are being saved all around us. I'd love to have a great number in God's house this morning that were hungry to be saved, that were lost and needed a Savior, and hear their cry go up to the Lord. Save me, Lord. Save me. I want to be in your number. I want to be numbered among the living and not numbered among the dead or the transgressors. Amen. And it said because of this in Acts 16, Acts 16 and 5, because of what was taking place, it said, and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number Day. Day. The churches were established in the faith. We've got some churches today that need to reestablish and reaffirm their commitment and relationship with the Lord because I believe that some have stared in the wrong direction. They've allowed Satan to allow them to let down their belief in God's word and what God declares that is holy and true and right to accept things that is unholy. Need some to turn back to what true faith is. You and I aren't walking in true faith this morning. We aren't walking in faith, period. 
You're either walking in true faith or you're not. You can't be half-heartedly walking in faith. You're fully persuaded or you're not persuaded at all. It's kind of like going back to our Sunday school lesson this morning. You can talk about the Lord and quote scripture, but that don't mean that you're saved and have fellowship with him. What means that you're saved is when you quote those scriptures and you walk and live what you say. You do those things. You act upon those things that God declares in his word. Amen. Amen. I want to be numbered among the living, praise the Lord. Go into Acts, the first chapter, verses 16 through 18. You'll see a little different thought here. Being in that number, Acts 1 and 16 said, Men and brethren, the scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Judas. For he was numbered with us. Okay. Look what's being spoken there. He was numbered with us. And had attained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. <coughs> Judas was numbered, he was numbered among the believers. He was numbered among the apostles. He was selected by the Lord. Called by the Lord. He actually was their treasurer in operation in the ministry. Turn at the back. But he allowed Satan to get in between him and the Lord. And he gave him space. And Satan brought him down. Satan destroyed what faith he had and caused him to turn against the very one that he'd been walking with and speaking for. Do we believe that Satan is powerful today? Yes, he is. He's powerful. He's rocking the church asleep today. He's got the church asleep today on many pews, sitting in the comfort of God's house, being in the comfort of the air and whatever cushion they're sitting on. Sitting at ease. Satan's able to, to come in the midst of God's people and to cause our faith to begin to decrease. To cause our faith to wane. To get our thoughts on other things rather than God's service. That he has set before us his plans that he desires for us to follow. Judas was walking with the brethren, one of the apostles. He was working in the ministry with them. But because he allowed Satan to deceive him, he once declared that money that was wasted 
on the oil that was poured out on Jesus' feet could be used to help many others that were in need. Oh, the oil that was poured out on his head for anointing could be used for many other needs. But it was only just something symbolic of Jesus' death and his anointing that he was being anointed for. That many didn't understand at that moment. The brethren that was there. But Jesus knew what it was for. There's something sometimes we may not have the clear understanding exactly what's taking place and going on. But God has everything in control when He's given, when He's given space to work and to move among His people. Even what the Holy Ghost that spoke here this morning, some of the things that He declared to us. God is in the working of something. I don't know what he's doing, but I know that your prayer, my prayer, God's going to work somewhere. He's going to do something that's going to be greater than what we're thinking. Yeah. It's going to be more than what we're anticipating. Yeah. I'm looking for God to use us yeah. and to work among us yeah. and to work among his people. Yeah. Oh, that he wants to work among those that will allow him. Why? Because we're in the end times. And he said, greater work shall you do than some of the things that he told his disciples that were following him that they were seeing and doing. And he said he was speaking that in the future of what was going to happen in the future. Greater things. And some of those disciples, some of those men <coughs> did do some greater things. Amen. There was, the scripture said, multitudes that followed Jesus. And there were some that would, you know, become believers. But one day when Peter was preaching, it said that 5,000 were saved. That's a pretty big host. That's a pretty big host. And Jesus had said, greater things shall you do. I want to see some of those greater things. I'm looking for the move of God. Are we discouraged this morning? I hope you're not. Are we discouraged because they may be just few in number this morning, even in the Lord's house here today? No, we know where many of them that aren't here, we know where they're at today. But I'd love to see God's house filled up. I'd love to see souls that are hungry. Amen. I'll read things that's going on in other nations that are undeveloped. The nations that are very poor nations. That they're reaching out by the hundreds and thousands to be saved towards the Lord. Save us, their cry is. Turning to the Lord. Oh, they're hearing the message. Some of them for the first time. And it's not taking weeks and weeks and months and years of preaching and preaching and teaching to try to get to their hearts. It's a response immediately upon hearing that they turn to the Lord. I wish it was that way here in North America. 
So many are preaching a message that is untrue. So many are declaring a message, amen, that's been watered down. It's a message that's not setting people free from their sin. But you've got to preach, I've got to preach the true word of God. If God calls something sin, it's sin. And if one sin will take you to hell, it'll carry you there. It don't have to be, well, it's got to be a certain number, certain many of sins. You know, got to be a number of them that before I will die here lost or lose out with the Lord. Just one sin. We can obey the Lord in all kind of things of what his word says. But we can be guilty of one point and miss the favor of the Lord. Judas was numbered among the brethren. And he was part of the ministry that was going on. But he allowed himself to become deceived. That he himself believed, as the scripture said, had to believe a lie to be damned. He had to believe, hey, this, this is not it. He allowed Satan to work in his heart. And he turned and betrayed the very one that loved him and called him, chose him to minister. To follow him and be saved and to be able to enter his eternal heaven. But no, when Satan finished with him, what did he do? He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So he destroyed him and caused him to go and hang himself. That's exactly what he did. Said so he burst asunder in the mist and all of his bowels gushed out when he hung himself and jumped over a cliff. Does God know where you're at this morning? He knows right where you're sitting in your relationship. Does he know that our desire is to remain in his numbers? Yes, Lord. I want to remain in the number. You see, sometimes we got our mind set on, yes, we think, well, if we ain't got as large number of people in the house of God as someone down the road might have, that we just might not have the presence of God. Where two or more gathered in his name, there he's in the midst. That's where I want the most is to have the favor of God's spirit being in the midst of us. But yes, I'd like to see more in the house of God. Yes, I believe you would like to see more in the house of God. You've got family that's lost. I've got family that's lost. We want to see them saved. And God's looking for a few number that are true and obedient that he can use. Remember Judges, the seventh chapter, when Gideon was to go out against the, the Midianites? He had a large number of men with him, and he was going to go out and fight, and God said, this is not the way I want to win this battle. I'm going to let you win this battle, but this is not the way I'm going to let you win it. I want you, whenever one of them goes down to the brook, to the river, when they lap up water to their mouth, he said, you pick them. The ones that laps up with their hand, water to their mouth. That's the ones I want you to pick. That sounded kind of strange. Why is it, Lord? The rest of them, I reckon you know, they bent down and was drinking like a dog or an animal. Drinking that. He said, I want you to get those that are lap up to their mouth with their hand, the water. And Gideon had to, he had to, as many men as he had, he had to get somebody to help him to see. I don't know if he could stand there and see all of them at one time, watch them. But he had to have some kind of help in his leadership that was watching what was taking place. 
And it was said, hey, there's only 300. What? He said 300. I don't know if Gideon had a thought in his mind. Lord, what, how do you expect me of 300 to go against this vast army that we're going to face? God said, if you'll do it my way, I'll reach. I'll reach those out there that are your enemies and destroy them. I'll take care of that. You know, we've got a lot of enemies, church. We've got a lot of enemies that Satan is bringing against us. All his imps. All his demons that he's bringing against us every day that he can. Now I know he's one. He's just one, Satan is. And can only be in one place at one time. We'll always say, boy, Satan is just working. And we use that in, in just a span of, of evil and all his demons that he has but he's just one that was created there's not you know thousands and millions of it it's just one but he's got thousands and thousands and thousands of demons <coughs> that the one third of the angels that was kicked out of heaven with him I don't know how many that one third is and I don't know how many thousands upon thousands that it made none they were kicked out with him, but they're under his, under his instructions, under his authority to go out and disrupt and destroy, do everything they can. I don't know when Gideon was looking at the 300, how's the, we're going to come against this army? And God said, you do it my way, and I'll destroy and defeat the army that you're up against. And whatever we're doing today, if we'll do it God's way, if we're numbered in that number, he told all the rest of them, all the other thousands of the 32, he said, go home, send them home, you know, send all the rest of them back home. But just those 300, stay here. They're going to fight the battle. They're going to be in this battle. But the battle was already plotted and planned by the Lord. Just the clashing of, and then shouting, the Lord of Gideon, the Lord of Gideon! <laughs> they didn't know that it was going to be so easy. Can you imagine those 300 was thinking, well, guys, this, our lives is gone. It's all right. We're standing here with our leader and our captain. And we're fighting for the Lord. We're not just fighting for Gideon. We're fighting for the Lord. Who was among that number? Those 300 that was among that number. I believe they got to experience how sweet victory was and how good God was to fight their battle. Amen. Church, when we're in that number, if we're numbered among the living and not among the dead, amen. We can tell others how sweet the victories that we encounter are. Amen. We can tell others how good God is. Amen. What his blessings are. Praise the Lord. Oh, how I love him this morning. Don't you love him? Amen. Amen. I love him and I thank him. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. In 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 11 and verse 12 says, Let such a one think this. That such as we are in word by letters when we are absent 
What's Paul sharing here with the Corinthians? He said, let one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we're absent, he said, such will we be indeed when we're present. He said, hey, I, I don't change from day to day. I'm the same. I have a true relationship with my Lord. I'm numbered among one of his. And I have a right relationship with him. And the things that I declare by letter, he said, if I'm there in present, I wouldn't change a thing. I would speak the same and share the same with you. He said, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. Oh, look at me. In other words, I'm God's gift. I've been chosen of God, so you need to look and listen to me. Amen. I've got the word that you need to hear. He said, but that the measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Oh, we think that the wisdom that we've been born with through man's knowledge and understanding that we can attain in this world, going back to that lesson again this morning, all the degrees that we can get, the books that we can read, that's going to make us wise in this world. It's not. It might be in the eyes of man and man's thinking. Some may say, well, they're very wise. But in God's thinking, we can gain the whole knowledge of the world and lose our own soul. Amen. We can gain the whole knowledge of what's going on in the world. And if we don't know the word of God and put it into practice, we're not going to be numbered. Among one of his. Paul said, I'm not to compare myself by myself or by what I do or by other men. He said, I'm to compare myself by what God says. What God declares is how I'm to compare myself. Who are we comparing ourselves to? You know what we measure up to is what the Lord says. Amen. Brother Donald, I know that you're educated, you know, and you've got very many degrees and that you've got plaques to show that, that you've gone through the education of things in this world to obtain the professional status and the goal that you set your sights to achieve. And they're on the wall. And I can't say, well, brother, I'm just as good as you are as far as degrees go. But when it comes down to the Lord, in our relationship, I say, brother, I can have the same relationship and knowledge of the same relationship and knowledge that you've got. Amen. That God will allow me to understand. He'll allow me to know and to grow as he allows you to know and grow. But if I say, well, brother, I'm going to try to measure up to you, then I'm going to be constant. Because if you're still trying to grow, you know, in, in man's wisdom and degrees and things of this world, then I can't obtain what you've already obtained. I'm going to, I've got to go to school and spend years of trying to get the knowledge that you obtained of the years past that you learned. But oh, how we can advance so much quicker and better when we go to the Word of God and we say, Lord, I'm just a man. I just, you know, a man that, that's carnal. 
But I need spiritual. I need something spiritual that I can hold to and grab to. And the Lord will begin to open up his word and reveal to me what I need to know. He'll reveal to you what you need to know. How I can walk in the victory of the Lord and be among the number of those that are in among the living. I want to be among the living. Amen. I'm glad to be alive today. I'm glad to be well today in the spiritual sense of the Lord. Praise God. I know what will make me more healthy than what I am is more of what he has that's available. Amen. More to grow, more to understand. But if I measure myself by man, I measure myself beneath of what God has that's better and greater for me to receive. Amen. And what Paul was getting at, he said, if we measure ourselves by one another, you still might excel over me a great deal. You might get a better education than me, but if we go in the spiritual sense, I can earn just as much as you as I give myself to the Lord. You can earn just as much as me if you give yourself to the Lord. Why? Because God has no respect for persons. He will not withhold anything good from his children, his people. He'll give us what we need. I want to be in that number. Last passage of Scripture comes from Revelation, the ninth chapter. Revelation, excuse me, 7th chapter, ninth verse. Revelation, the 7th chapter, ninth verse. It's talking about saints and white robes. <clears throat> talking about being in the number this morning. The number of the Lord! It said, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. I want to be in that number. Which no man can number that sit before him of the nations. And I think it's going to be just a few hundred. I think it's going to be a vast number. Of those that hurt him, those that followed him, those that worshiped him, through his son Jesus Christ. Had a personal relationship. Kept that relationship. Amen. Because I want to be in that number. I want to be in that number. Did you know a lot of people in this world have sell their soul? They'll sell their soul for a little bit of pleasure. Or things that are ungodly. Why? Because they want to be among that crowd, that number. I want to get among that number. I just want to be a part of, of this particular group of people over here. Because I like being a part of them. Some people sell their soul to, to get to be a part of certain elite groups in society. And they'll do things evil and sinful. And that are wrong in many things that they do. But I pay that price to be among the elite of the people that I want to be among that does these things. They're more for power. They're more for control. They're more for possessing 
Amen. And speaking of their wealth and speaking of what they possess and speaking of their intellect and how power, powerful that they are, what kind of power they have. I remember many years ago, a group trying to sway my dad to join up with them. It wasn't a good group. In the public, it looked good, but out behind closed doors, there was a lot of things that went on that wasn't good, trying to control certain things. I said, Dad, I wish you wouldn't do that. I wish you wouldn't join that group. That's not right. There's things about them that's not pleasing to the Lord. And you get into it, you're going to find out that it's more than what you bargained for. And I'm glad he backed out and didn't join that. But it's like prestige. We'll be among a certain number or a certain class of people or a certain organization where it comes down to selling your soul and doing something wrong. It ain't worth it. I'm glad we don't have that competition in churches today. For you to become a member, you know, you got to do this certain evil. No, it's to become a member, you got to do something good. You got to have a change of heart to get in this business, to get in this church, to get in God's church today. You got to have a change of heart. If you want to be able one day to, to have a robe of white, and stand before his throne praising him, you got to do something that's right if you're going to make it, if you want to be in that number. So if you're going to be in that number, you got to do what's right, not what's wrong. Amen. And Satan has deceived many people today that they're in a number or a class of people, but it's things that is going wrong, that he's the head of and he's leading. That's why it's such a strong, strong fight for God's people to pray and to witness and to keep praying and keep witnessing and keep pulling at people today with the gospel to get their hearts right and come to the Lord. Would you come to the view? We've got a message to declare that is a good message. Who's going to win? God's going to win. Who's going to win? I'm going to win. You're going to win. If we're in his number. How do we get that number? We gotta believe. We gotta believe what God tells us in His Word, and we gotta follow. We do. Church, everything is gonna work out for our good. It's gonna work out for our good. Amen. I'm glad the Lord chose me when He did. I'm glad He. Kept tugging at my heart and didn't put me off any longer. He kept tugging at my heart. Now I'm thankful the Lord started that when I was a young boy. I believe He starts that to many young boys and young girls today. Start pulling at their heart about things that are right and get their heart right. Believing on Jesus. Amen. Making changes. Making changes to line up what plans he has for their life. If you think of those that maybe have told you I was saved when I was a young child and I've been with the Lord all these years. What a blessing that is. What a blessing.
blessed it is not to, to have Satan to brought him down the path of destruction for so many years. You know, to say, I've got a past, but thank God he's forgiven me. And it's behind me. Praise the Lord. Like many of us here today, Father, we can think about we got a past, but thank God it's behind us. But I always say, you know, boy, it's been such such greater if I better and everything if I just when I was five if I'd have come to the Lord. If I'd have had the, the knowledge of things of coming to him and had parents coaching me to come to him, maybe I would have come at a younger age. But I'm thankful I didn't waste a lot of my years on unrighteous living. But I'm numbered among God's children. 